thank you so much, BBS Radio, for your service of bringing what Winfrey had to present to the public. Today it is June 20th, 2022, the Monday evening wildcard show. And we wait for Win to join in. And as usual, this is a simulcast with a conference call. And the things you hear are people calling in on the phone line. I welcome you. If you want to please say your name and location. Hi, it's John Menander. Welcome, John Menander. Thank you. Win in the village of Oak Creek. Win, welcome. You're way in the background. There we go. There we go. Is that better? Yes. Yes. A lot better. How's Sherry doing? She's she's drugged out. What? She's drugged Drugged out out. and eating, and she's eating a hamburger. They gave her. They gave her. They gave her pain. They gave her pain medication. You know. Oh. Uh, is she not weak anymore? No, she's still weak. Oh, they've been uh, using the chlorine dioxide. I couldn't use that in the hospital. Well, they, you can use it now. It's really a good step. No. I'll, I'll send you another article about it if you want. Is that Dormananda? Yeah. I've read quite a bit about it. Okay. Okay. And. Uh, um, Terry hasn't, I, I offered to do it a few times, but Terry has not bonded with it yet, you know? Yeah, put it in juice. It won't taste, it'll taste good in juice, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dr. Circus calls it the tank of all medicines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of oxygen. Lots of energy. Mm-hmm. Also, a hydrogen, too, hydrogen water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know that Terry used to work for the guy who made that famous, right? Yeah. Who's the guy? What's you know his name? Chlorine dioxide, yeah. Yeah, what's his name? Okay. Humble. Jim Humble. Jim Humble, yeah. Jim Humble. He used to work for him in Sedona. I mean, in Pasadena. Yeah. In L.A. In L.A. Yeah. Welcome, Jeannie. Uh, and I welcome the next caller. Please say your name and location. Hi, Joan. Dolan Spring. Good evening, Joan. Welcome. Hi, Joan. Hi. And we had someone else join in. Welcome. Please say your name and location. It's Roger in Austin. Welcome, Roger. Hi, Roger. Maybe hi. Hi. Good evening. Hi, hi. And welcome. Hi, Jeannie. Welcome, honey. Hi. You hear some background noise. Hmm? I'm talking to Jeannie. And welcome to all of you folks listening in online through BBS Radio. Happy Monday to you. 
Oh, you've been drinking the mountain water, huh? Terry, right? Yes. I'm a Terry, right. Now, hang on. I'm walking around. Are we on BBS? We are, right? Yes, we are. Okay. You're on BBS. This is a very casual radio show. <laughs> Doesn't quite sound like a radio show. But we do come up with some of the most amazing, interesting things that you could believe. I barely hear you, man. Who are in other dimensions. 
and have communicated mm -hmm. with us through the many times. Do you need my help? You probably do. I'm on the call now. Now. Can you call them and have them help you get on the bed? You want me to help you? Hang on. All right, then our thoughts. Let's all help Terry to get into her bed. I guess. And living light to Terry. Terry is sitting in a chair right now. All right. <laughs> Take your time, Ben. He's very important. And um, just as a little introduction, did you call some call them, Terry? If that works. Good evening. Welcome to the conference call. Feel free to say the name and location. Hi, hi, and everyone. Shirley from Hello. Hello, Shirley. Hello, Welcome. Hi, Shirley. Okay, it's six oh eight. Terry is still not in her bed. She called the nurse to help her. And we moved to a rehab home. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. You let me. You let me know when you want me to start the recording. Okay, Vin. Okay. Um. Let me see if I can get on the internet here. Now I'll just tell anyone who's listening on BBS that just happened to tune in that. This, uh, maybe we'll start the recording, okay? Okay. Uh, just a moment, though. Don't do it yet. Let me see. I'm trying to get okay. on the internet. And, uh... Muted. I'll wait for you, Colvin. <laughs> okay. Hang on. Well, happy Monday to you all, and I hope you had a great day. The day after Father's Day, I had the pleasure of having dinner with my children yesterday and my ex-wife. We had a great time together. And today, back to work. What you hear is background sounds in the hospital, Cottonwood, Arizona. Well, now remember, we're not in Cottonwood right now. Oh, did she move already? They moved her today. Okay. And they, they moved her to a rehabilitation home. Mm -hmm. Where they're... They give her um, 
what do you call it? Uh, therapy, physical therapy, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, you know, she's, she's not strong enough to walk right now on her own. Now, wait a second here. And where is it at? What town? Pardon me? What city or town is it at? It's called the Village of Oak Creek. And it is, um, kind of like about seven miles from Sedona. Okay. It's probably the nicest location for a rehab home. And I had to check all this out before um, I let her come here today because um, I wanted to make sure she could leave when she wanted to. Now, theoretically, if I do this, I should. Hang on. I'm trying to get on the Internet here. It's probably not going to work, but we'll try. Did you want to play a recording, Win, or? Uh. Okay, let's see the connects. Um. The thing about it is, I can't start a recording unless we, I go on the internet. Can I start? Now you could start. Right. You you could, you could start one, but I haven't chosen one yet. Now I'll tell the people, I, I have found that, nope, it says can't connect to the internet. Okay. Which didn't surprise me. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's start off and just have a little talk. And go on the Spirit Channel, okay? And look up Monday Night Calls and look for a title that looks interesting and the date, okay? Well, you know what? I'm looking at one. Which, which one is that? We just have time to play, which is uh, Elohim Keepers of Time. Now, how long is that? 46 minutes. Okay, we can play. That's a very good one, as I recall. Right. You know, let me just do, let's start the recording, okay? Okay. And hurry up, you don't have enough. It's the 20th. Right. Hurry up so we can play the whole thing, okay? Yeah, I'll hurry up. Okay. The recording has started. This is June 20th, 2022. Wynn and Terry in the village of Oak Creek. And Terry is kind of the great silent one. He's recuperating 
from pneumonia and other things. And she's in a, she just came out of the hospital today and she's in a rehab home on uh, the outskirts, outskirts of Sedona. And uh, I got here about 20 minutes ago and it's the first time I visited her here. We've been doing many of our calls from the hospital. And Terry is the person, both of us are, are the people that are responsible for an amazing work in progress. And I have learned that this work will never end. <laughs> I didn't understand that when it first started. And, um, but we have made a connection to the highest sources in the universe. They call themselves the Council of Elohim. It's been a word for God, historically. It was used in the Old Testament, and the Mormons use it for God. And they have chosen to work with our group. And they talked to me through Terry. And Terry woke me up one night 20 years ago and said, get the tape recorder out. And she felt a pressure on her head and heard them heard a voice say, we want to talk to Wynn. And she said, why don't you talk to me? <laughs> Wynn's sleeping. And then they said again, we want to talk to Wynn. And they told me to ask some questions. And we've been asking them certain questions ever since. And we're about to do a replay, which at the time, it was kind of an epic call. It's called Elohim Keepers of Time. And they explain how they can manipulate time and move in and I think one thing they said is they can move in and out of time like we jump in and out of a swimming pool. So we'll see if we can get that running. Hi. And here, here's, are you the nurse? I'm the CNA. For okay. us, CNA. Mm-hmm. Can I help you with something? She wants to get into bed. Okay. And so... The CNA is helping Terry get into bed. And what's your name? This line is now on hold. This line is now off hold. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, yeah, but I've been talking to uh, beings in other realms and... And but I didn't know. I wouldn't know. I could trust them. How do you know? If a voice comes through, a voice comes through your girlfriend, and they say they're the galactic sun, that's something that you can take under consideration. Or they're the creators of this universe. Well, are you sure? How do I know that's true? And so, um, part of uh, my education was to say, well, if it is true, 
How do you make it work? What do you do with it? How do you make it valuable to other people? And the amazing thing that I discovered was that these voices that were talking to me were not just intelligent voices. They could beam energy into this realm, and people could feel it. And when I would give talks, I could feel their, people could feel their energy in the room. They would like, people would walk out and buy a book and say, God, I could see auras. I never saw auras before. So we started these conference calls to see if they would beam into the people who are on the call. If people could, they could work with them. And, um, it seems to be working. Uh, how many of you guys on the line have ever felt energy when you're, when you're on the line? Any of you? Oh, yeah. Uh, I yeah. I, I. Now, there's only, sure. two there's only two possibilities. Either I'm hypnotizing you all, <laughs> which, <laughs> what a skeptic would say, you know, it's massive. It's another case of massive ghosts. <laughs> or else, um, I'm inspiring you, and somehow you're self-producing the energy. You know, I'm very analytical. I'm, I'm my worst skeptic. I say, can we really be doing this? And uh, or else that you are a multidimensional being and that there's intelligence in the multidimensional universe at the very top of it, and that, in fact, they actually can beam into this realm. That's what they say. They they told me that before I even understood it. And um, so the experiment was, how do you use this so it's valuable to other people? So why is it valuable to um, have some, uh, some intelligence that's not in this realm beam into this realm? Why is that valuable? I mean, so what? I mean, you know, why is it valuable to have them talk to you? I'm going to tell you why it's valuable. And some of you already know this, but I'll put it in words. Let me say this is why I think that it's valuable, and then you draw your own conclusions. Um, a human is a multidimensional being. And they unmute themselves by pressing star six. Oh, you know what? i got to start my tape recorder here. But there's something actually more profound about this than just an interesting phenomena of I can feel the energy. And it's, I believe it's quite extraordinary. And this is what I think it happens in the way it works. And I say I think it works this way because I'm just a little human and I, I figure things out by what I call reverse engineering. In other words, I watch something over and over again, and I try to figure out what it is by how it looks down here, because I can't see it any more than you can. It's it's happening in realms which are invisible to me, but yet I can see the effects in this realm. So what's the benefit of having connection with some source outside of this realm that can beam energy into this realm that you can feel. Well, here's how I look at it, or I've come to understand it, that you are energy. You are a compressed bundle of energy 
in a physical body. In fact, your physical body is the energy. And that your energy keeps on compressing into other realms, i.e., the psychic realm, the astral realm, we don't even know what those are. I can't even, you know, some people define them, but we can't see them. Try to understand it, but uh, they're just words. But nonetheless, there is something going on outside your physical body. And um, there's this idea that the whole universe is one being, one energy, one intelligence that has broken itself up into quadrillions and trillions of individual units, and some of those units are could be said to be aware that the universe is one energy. They can see it. They can feel it. They're in a realm where they're not separated from that truth. But in the physical realm, on planet Earth, we are separated from that. We cannot see it. Most of us are separated. And as you start to grow in this realm, you become more sensitive to that. And when you become more sensitive to that, you develop a quality of compassion. Because that means you can see other people as part of yourself, extensions of yourself. And even though you're in separate bodies, there's one energy that comes through. And of course, most of spirituality and religion and shamanic work even is trying to bring us to the point of getting closer to that experience. But in this realm, there is a veil. We are cut off from other realms. There's, there's, we can't get through it directly. So we have to get through it indirectly. Now, here is the wonderful advantage of communicating with sources that have, they have uh, described themselves to me by the names the Elohim group and the Ra group that they are in, particularly with the Elohim, they are at the top of creation. They are at the top of the hologram. And between them and us is this huge universe of both positive and negative. And all of us have carved out an imprint in that universe over many lives. And within that imprint, you could call it your expanded hologram, there are, there are all the programs that you are living in right now. In other words, your physical expression is connected to this huge hologram, which could be likened to a computer that has all these programs of you in it over many lifetimes. And Many, many times there's screw-ups, there's painful deaths, there's, there's bad relationships, there's hurts, there's pe- people that have murdered each other or whatever. And we are in that hologram. And when you connect with a source that's at the top of the hologram, who is also you, they're not, not you, they are you, but 
You don't know it. They're too far away. They're too separated in the hologram. So when we make a connection from them all the way through down to here to the point where you can feel this energy now, then what happens is you have the opportunity to heal your hologram with their help. But it's not a them, it's a you. They are a you and, and you are them. And um, so by coming into these calls and connecting to the energy, you're starting a process of accelerating your evolution. And accelerating your evolution goes right down to your DNA because you start to expand your strands of DNA by making these connections. And so that's why what I think, that's my take, that's what I've come up with as to why this can be so important because in this realm, you can go for lifetime after lifetime after lifetime and never have the opportunity to make that connection and repeat the same patterns, which they call gross repeating patterns in one of the channelings. They said, apparently, many of us have been here for thousands and maybe millions of lifetimes, and we keep repeating the pattern because the matrix never gets fixed. It's always carrying its distortions from one lifetime to the next, and you get different aspects of different experiences, but it's a circle rather than a spiral, or it's a very slow-moving spiral. So I think that by making this connection, it's like we can start a spiral going, and, and one of the things in the solar system right now is that this is this end of a 75,000-year cycle. So it makes it easier for all this stuff to happen because the cosmic energies are so much stronger so that if you start a cycle going or a spiral going and you really start it, it can go really fast. But you have to start it. In fact, you have to intend it. You have to kind of ask for it because one of the things about these groups is they don't respond unless you ask. Now, I had put a notice up on Message a Day that I was I was going to talk. Uh-oh. I hope I didn't shut myself down. No good. I was going to talk myself. I was going to talk about the Pleiadians because there are, when I started having these communications, when I started writing the book, The Reincarnation of Edgar Casey, in the year 2000 and then um, 2002, I met Daphne and this voice started talking to me that said they were the Elohim and then Terry started doing it. I was trying to figure out if they were nuts, if I was nuts, if, what, what, what was real here? Because, you know, when a voice talks to you, how do you know they are who they say they are? How do you know you can trust them? How do you know they're not a trickster and masquerading as something positive? As in my study of David Wilcock, I became very aware that that was a possibility. So I did a lot of cross-referencing, and I found 
so many, many, many things from all kinds of different sources, all pointing in the same direction, everything from Ramtha to Neil Donald Walsh, and, of course, Carla Rucker, who is my guest once a month. And so just recently, I happened to pick up a book by Barbara Marciniak called Earth, and it says Pleiadian Keys to the Living Library. Now, it really caught my attention immediately because I remembered there were a couple of ways that they, they described Daphne. First, they called her an outpost messenger. And the indication was that she was, in fact, an Elohim soul that came into this realm eons ago, like millions of years ago. And from up there, it looks like, well, I'll just go in down there and help. And then a million years later, she's still going in circles. And so her original function is to be an outpost messenger, to try to be a link between the Elohim and this realm. And then they called her a living library. And I never heard of anyone that was a living library before. And as we were channeling, um, there were so many different sources that would come through her. And at first I felt a little uncomfortable with this because um, I wondered, well, I learned to trust this one, but could, who was this one now? Could I trust this one? And who was this one? And I, I actually read in Carla Rucker's work that it was really, really smart to stay with one source. But yet they were choosing to, to, to rotate and um, that there was different things that different sources could could would have value to express here. So it was almost like her consciousness was like, let me take this book off the shelf and let me take this book. And so so we talked to Patah, we talked to the Elohim, we the voice said this was Ra. We talked to the solar logos. We talked to um who else? King of the Council of Lon. And um, one time, the voice came through her and said, Hi, I'm Jupiter. Okay? Now, I'm telling you, I used to be a physics major, and uh, my friend is now telling me that Jupiter's talking to me. I said, Okay, I'll turn on the tape recorder, I'll ask questions, and we'll see what happens. And uh, this has been going on for quite some time, and I'm saying... Can this be real? Am I making a mistake? But then, of course, we started having these miracles and my sister's healing and people would come into the, this line and they get off and they call me back and say, some condition went away. So, in general, I think it's real. If you're one of those people listening for the first time, I would tell you not to believe me, but pay attention for a while and see what you come up with. Now, um, one of the things that when I was reading this uh, Pleiadian Keys to the Living Library by Barbara Marciniak, there was a little section here that, let me see, 622, that was called Redreaming the Living Library. 
As the concept of the library immerses itself within you, you will begin to understand the value of feelings and how you are a key to the vast knowledge stored here. We work with very ancient beings, and when they say we, they mean the Pleiadians. And actually, um, I have not studied the Pleiadians. Um, when somebody says Pleiadian, I, the first thing that comes to my mind is a couple of years ago, I asked the question in a channeling, um, what was John Lennon's celestial lineage? And the answer was, he was a Pleiadian. And I've come to understand that many of us, many of you, many of those who are attracted to this work and are curious, come from celestial lineages. You've had incarnations in other solar systems, in other galaxies. I have no idea of the extent of it. And it's just the matrix keeps rearranging itself. And at a certain level of evolution, you seem to be able to program your future. At a lower level, you can't. You're just trapped in a cycle that is reincarnation, but I don't think there's choices. I think at one time they said about 50% of the people on this planet have choices. And so um, we work with very ancient beings called keepers of time who steer your universe. So after this book, when I read that, I said, I wonder if the keepers of time are the Elohim. So we're going to ask that question. You see, what's interesting here is that, knock on wood, we end up having conversations with these group souls right on this line. And, you know, it's taken me a long time. Uh, some of you might notice, if you pay attention, that I don't go out of my way to promote this call. I mention it occasionally. I don't hype it up. And because it's very important that I don't try to fulfill anyone's expectations. And I stay very centered, and Terry as well, so that our intent is so high that I don't believe we've ever had a circumstance of having a negative source communicate with us on these calls. But I do know that's a possibility, and I do know that a negative source can um, look like a positive source. We'll try to act like one. And that's why I always say when we're doing this publicly, always, always apply your own discernment. And uh, somebody might say, well, how do you know if something's a negative source? Oftentimes, a negative source will usually will try to gain some kind of control over you. Uh, try to, for example, if, if a voice suddenly said, when you're our chosen person, we're going to be telling you what to do on how to save your planet. That run the other direction because that is got the earmarks of a negative source. A negative source will be a source that will create fear or attempt to create fear. A uh, negative source 
is attached to the connection, that um, is possessive of the connection with the person they're channeling to, and they have an agenda. So in any case, um, when I asked the Elohim some time ago, do they really uh, like to be worshipped, the way they answered that was that they really would prefer to be thought of as our friends. And it's kind of our friends in another dimension, our friends who are part of us. You know, some of you noticed when I just said the word Elohim, when I just said that, I felt it. Maybe some of you felt it. When I start talking talking about them, they're kind of sitting there waiting, okay, we can be in now. He said our name. Now, it took me a while to notice this, but it's been so consistent. I just had had no other uh, choice but to think that that had to be real, that they, they, they're there. We're kind of creating a wormhole, a vortex into their realm, or they, they're creating one into our realm, and they can come to each of you on this line while I'm talking. If you shut your eyes, and we do this so often, and you look at the space above your head, oftentimes people on the line can feel a light energy or light. And of course, we're moving into invisible realms, and sometimes the body translates it as shivers or a clear space. One of the ways you can tell something is actually happening is to notice that it's really not a function of my talking. If I just stop talking, you'll still feel it. I'm not entertaining you. What we're doing here is, and we're doing this for the highest good of all concerned, we're doing this with a lot of protection, but we're creating a group energy amongst us, and they are, they are blending or joining with our energy, and we're making an energetic connection with them. And I say both the Elohim group and the Ra group. And that is the connection that gives them the permission, if you ask to work with you, keep in mind you're only asking yourself. You're not giving up your power to some great, powerful God force. You're loving the part of yourself that you separated from a long time ago and lost track of. And now you're remembering it, remembering it, coming together. And they, at least what they say, what's interesting is because Terry is the voice for them, they talk to us and, and share their experience and how we can have a better experience through the connection. So, when I was reading 
the Pleiadian keys to the living library, the keepers of time are the original instigators, the innovators of the living libraries. They are creations of the game masters. You must be, and we use your human terms here, very highly evolved in order to make contact with the keepers of time. Many know of their existence, but how do you find them and get them to communicate? Stories exist of highly evolved beings upon your planet, yet how do you meet them? How do you get them to work with you? How do you get them to impart their secrets to you? It's simple. You must learn to match their frequency. Now, you know, they're almost saying in this book what I've said over and over again on these calls. The only thing is that they spoke about, they made one mistake in this book, and at least with me they said, stories exist of highly evolved beings on your planet. And I think in my case they made a mistake, and I just fell into the wrong wormhole, and they said, well, we'll work with them. <laughs> Terry's known me for a long time, and I certainly didn't feel highly evolved when all this started. Like the yogis and shamans of your world, the keepers of time possess ambiguous personalities. They are enigmas. Although they are known and respected, none know where they dwell, how to contact them, or what they look like. It is our fortune, and they mean the Pleiadians, to be able to work with the keepers of time. They are our teachers, as we are one set of your teachers. The keepers of time have tricked us into discovering the living libraries. They have tricked us well into figuring out how to activate these libraries, because the keepers of time do not want to lose their universe. The keepers of time will keep your universe separated until that point of existence when the whole universe understands that it is one. When this occurs, the universe will collapse in upon itself, so to speak, becoming one with the prime creator and understanding what it is. The keepers of time do everything in their power not to lose this universe because if your universe destroys itself before it completes, it will not fulfill its purpose. In order to do this, they separate the universe by creating what you call time. Time separates everything, allowing the universe to explore itself, discover that everything works together, and come to the eventual understanding that it is whole and that it all is one. The keepers of time are watching their universe be taken over. They see that it is headed towards destruction and separation, the separation that they, in fact, support. They keep your universe separated in order for it and each separate other world to discover on their own the importance of every other world. The separation that the keepers of time are concerned with is the separation of existing life forms from their essence. The separation of existing life forms from their essence. 
it is through this method that reptilian and other energies are creating tyranny. There is a point far into your future where the keepers of time are very concerned about the direction that is that this has moved into. We are using the best terms we can to create concepts for you. Now that's of course the Pleiadians. We have learned that mastery and teaching often comes about with trickery. Trickery involves confounding a current belief structure in order to perceive another. We are students ourselves figuring all of this out, just as you are, and we have our own teachers who trick us into doing certain things, one of which is working with your planet. <laughs> now, some of you got tricked into paying attention to me because of the reincarnation of Edgar Casey. That's a trick. This has nothing to do with Edgar. It does have to do with it because it got your attention, and it has to do with uh, the channelings of David Wilcock, and, you know, that they, they actually set that up, hoping that, you know, down the road, a bunch of people would pay attention. You see, these guys up there know that it's hard to get attention down here. We are on a quest looking for our own ticket to ride, adventurers that we are. And there's a whole story around how we got involved with Earth. Our quest involved finding the living libraries, and your planet happened to be a key. We said, isn't this interesting? Our ancestors have been tiptoeing in and out of that place for eons, and here it is, the key we are looking for, and we don't even see it under our noses. It is interesting the way things are hidden in realities. We, too, employ similar strategies to entice you to go into realities, to meet other portions of yourself so that you can bring about a change within your own lives and within the universe itself. We come from the future and are searching through the corridors of time. This is our assignment. From the probable future that we are coming from as Pleiadians, we are intending to alter the past. Our intention is to change the probable future that we are operating with because that probable future in one direction of your universe's new movement has turned out to be filled with tyranny. This is a free will zone and a free will universe, and that means all is allowed. In this particular experiment, all things are prime creator. We remind you that in this world of duality, shadow defines light. Go take a walk on a sunny day and see what the shadows do. Begin to study your world literally and symbolically and see that your world speaks to you all of the time. Earth is an absolutely miraculous place in existence because it has been filled with the story of the universe as has the human body. The human was designed in this fashion because of the living library. When the universe is functioning in a harmonic without tyranny, one civilization is free to exchange information with another. This facilitates great commerce and a great trade of ideas for single energies to come and explore. 
The Living Library is like a gigantic potluck dinner, a collective of civilizations working in harmony, generously gave all their knowledge and energies to form it. They created locations in your universe where information was stored. The information would be available to facilitate the universe's development when the time became necessary for it. The time is down. There are civilizations in space that are dying because they do not have access to the living library. In the same way, masses of humans are dying because you do not understand and have access to your own bodies. You are integral keys. The courage and faith that you have in yourself will determine the course of experience for all of existence. As Earth moves into a place of balance and synchronistic union, she will create a geometric lineup with the 11 other libraries that make up this library system. When this alignment takes place, the 12 libraries will create their own configuration of light that will reshape your universe, signaling connection, a certain victory, so to speak, for all of creation. You are linked to the 11 other libraries, and your task is to unite all 12, creating the spinning of the 12, just as you are spinning 12 chakras to open and connect information inside yourselves, you're going to spin 12 libraries back into existence. The spinning of these 12 systems, 12 chakras, and 12 cosmic libraries will draw energies that will intermingle and move throughout many information centers. This will trigger new versions and meanings to events that perhaps before seemed irrelevant and insignificant. As you piece together the larger pictures, you will begin to understand the so-called gods in action and how they employ your world. Okay. Well, you can see why that intrigued me. Now, I'm not sure I quite understand the 11 libraries, the living libraries, and the coordination of them. But I do know that when we're on this call, we are creating a like a vortex into a very high realm, or that's the way I interpret it. And this voice talks to me that says they're the Council of Elohim. And I want, you know, Terry, are you on the line, Terry? Yeah, I am. Did you find that interesting? Very interesting. Now, Terry had no idea. In fact, she never has any idea what I'm going to do on these shows. And, um, and what we're doing is an actual live conversation, assuming they will come in, and we're going to ask a couple questions about that information. And um, if you're on this call and you have not ordered my book, or my, actually I call it my 212 primer package, please go to returnofedgar.com. If you order it tonight, you get $15 off. If you put OCT5, October 5th, as a discount code. And if you don't order it tonight, you order it tomorrow, you can put OCT6, and you get $10 off. And then after tomorrow, the sale is over. But you get, there's about five books all talking about all of, from all these different sources we're communicating with. And uh, if you go to Casey's back, 
Then there's a link at the bottom that goes to the 212 primer package. Please do it. We're going to bring the energy in now, and one of the books in that series is Questions and Answers with the Elohim, which was um, a good portion of it is from Terry. And it is no small thing to be having conversations with the Elohim live. And as we do this, I would like to ask all of you to just radiate a loving, protected energy into the space. I'm going to do a little invocation. We have about seven minutes here. Father, Mother, God, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect Terry, myself, and everyone on this line, both on the conference call and out in Internet land. And I'd like to ask all of you who would free willingly choose to do so to make an intention to create a touching of our energies, a braiding of our energies in that experience that Jesus called communion, but this is not religious. This is just we're actually doing it. And you can imagine your energy leaving the top of your head and each person is leaving the top of their head through the crown chakra, and that we all joined and come together at one point, and there's this huge light force, and we invite the two group souls we've been communicating with that are in these same dimensions to join with us. And we're like completing a circuit. We're the descended part of them, and they're the ascended part of us. And right now, we're all one. Are we approach oneness? And then if you can feel that energy as it comes in. Terry, um, do we have a protected space that only positive can enter, and I'm going to turn it over for them to say hello. We greet you in the love light of the one infinite creator. We welcome the time that you are approaching wherein you may open your house, your body, your chakras to be available to the libraries that are henceforth becoming available to you as the energies increase and as you move into the area of the radiant energy moving through your chakra and allowing it to open wherein you may then connect up with the houses of the stars. Terry has no vocabulary in this area. The houses of the horoscopes wherein you are able to connect to the configuration where you 
first entered and were born and took a snapshot of the energy and oriented and grounded to that energy. Now other energies as your chakras are opening are coming into play and allowing you to exchange energy with other houses and to become more open so that you may become more multidimensional, more psychic and more grounded, not only to the earth, but to your family of stars within which you are living at this time. You have spoken of the keepers of Time. We are the keepers of time. We have control over time in movement to speed up time, to slow down time. Once one gets into the physical universe, time tends to be slow in that it is precipitated by matter and manifestations of matter which are moving at a very slow rate. The flow of energies are more crystallized and contained within the third density. But as you move into the higher density and as you as a race have more access to the other libraries coming in with the energy and the opening of your chakras to be accepting energies from the other houses and the star systems surrounding you as you are part of it, you may interplay more and experience a lifting and an ascension in our frequency and in mind and body and spirit and flow with it and do not get stuck in the undertow or the undercurrent as some of your earth this time is experiencing and undertow. Those are our comments. Um, can I ask, can I ask a question? And yes. the question is, um, how are we linked to the Pleiadians? Are the Pleiadians paying attention to us this evening because we read from the book about them? The Pleiadians have their own sense, their own shell, their own time, and it does not create as mercurial a connection as you are maybe thinking of. However, within the heart of hearts of their essence, they know that you are speaking of them and the connection is there. Thank you. On that note, everyone is saying, God, I wish this didn't have to end now, but it is. And uh, I want to thank everyone that's on this line. Um, let me turn it over to you so you can just properly say goodbye to us. We, we're actually, um, I'm sorry to keep you on the time schedule of this 
EBS, but it's 650. So we probably have another 90 seconds, and and then I'll just um, close the show. Thank you. Go ahead. We are happy to speak of you in these terms as it opens the heart of the instrument we speak through and the energy is able to flow and we are experiencing this more with the instrument than ever before and we are open to work with each and every individual on the line and be available for them and to work at their own particular level with their whatever issue or interest or intention they may be working with. We love you all on Noi. All right, that was it. Let me open up the phone lines. We go right into whole planet healing to be started in a minute. Unmuted. All right. Thank you all for being here. And if you're on BBS, don't touch the dial. We're bringing in our second call. Totally different than this one. Okay, so hang around. Okay. See if you get into it. Hello? This what? session is no longer being recorded. All right. We go over to the next conference call, Call Planet Healing. Goodbye. Hi, hon. Welcome to Hope All right. You are on BBS Radio. Hey, Joan. Joan. Hi, 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 BBS. Welcome Shirley. to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Hi, Antonio and everyone. Shirley from Ohio. Oh, hi, Shirley. Hi, Shirley. Hi, Shirley. I knew I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple other people that called in, too, I think, right? Or am I just imagining it? <laughs> You're hearing dings. I'm hearing things. Well, well, welcome. 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 Would you like to say your name and location? It's when in, in where am I? It's when wherever where? I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're in I the island of Oak Creek. I win. Oh, I win. Goodness. All right, let us just get going. We're all here. Thank you all for being here. And welcome, welcome to those who are listening in on ABS. Would you like to say your name and location? Tony, if you want to. Bonnie's not here yet. Yes, All she right. is. Yes, you. She is? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I yep. told her when she called in. Yeah, we said hello. Vin, yeah. you want to start hello. out? Jackie's here, but I yeah. didn't hear Bonnie. Bonnie's here, too. Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. hi, Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. Yeah. Hi, Bonnie. You know, I thought on that last... I don't know if you guys could notice this. You probably, you probably did. But on that I last could not get call, on, I, I could not get on the last call. Why not? 
tried I tried over thirty times. I was just busy, busy, busy. Oh my! God. Did you throw the backup yeah. number? I didn't have the backup number. I called Lauren, and he didn't have it, and I didn't know how else. To... Did, did Did you try? Did you try going on BBS? No, I didn't try that. Yeah, that's what I did. Right. We need to get going, folks. Muted. Vin, do you want to start as Jackie takes over? Yeah. All right. So, still June 20th. Here we go. The recording has started. This is June 20th, 2020. Everybody everywhere, whole planet healing. Now, I just have to say that that replay that Hives played um, really, I didn't like 2000, it. 2022, Win. 2022. Okay. Well, what year was that replay from? That was from uh, 2013. Mm -hmm. Well, I got bored listening to me. I mean, I was too intellectual in all my explanations. And then when they came in, the energy started coming in, but I wasn't bringing the energy in very well. In any case, that was a long time ago, and this is a work in progress. It's a it's a it's it's a work of an evolving universe that's actually evolving. Us being in the middle of that, hard to explain. That's all I'll say. But um, when you come into these calls and you start checking it out, you'll. If you do, you'll start to understand. It's more than can be understood in one time. In fact, chances are you'll never understand it. <laughs> but you'll keep coming back because you like the energy. And one of the things we found out that we can create a group energy on this call just by intending it. And that causes us to move up the timeline into a faster timeline. And one of the ways you can tell when you're in a faster timeline is when time is moving fast. Very simple. And we found out that we could sometimes shift the universe by group intention. So we create a group energy, and then we have a bunch of group intentions for more positive outcomes on planet Earth. And with that, I turn it back to Jackie. Thank you so much, Lynn. That was a great explanation and uh, a great call earlier. Now... I would like to welcome everyone to the Whole Planet Healing Conference Call. Thank you all for joining us and adding your energy to our efforts tonight. And as always, we have a special appreciation for Mondays and Wednesdays because we get to share this call with our BBS radio listeners. And on the Whole Planet Healing Call tonight and every evening, this call involves the collaboration of all of you who have joined us tonight or listening to a replay, 
and those same sources that originally contacted Winfrey and Terry Brown many years ago. And what makes this whole Planet Healing call unique among all the conference calls is due to the involvement of these sources who have indicated they are adding their energy to our request for healing. They're paying attention to what we are focusing on. And it's primarily the planet, but also for the people, places, and situations that concern us. Always keeping in mind, of course, that the principle of the highest and greatest good of all be observed. So now let's officially begin this call by welcoming Cecil from near Seattle, Washington, who will recite our invocation, requesting energetic protection for ourselves, this call, this work, and a shielding from any negative interference. Lisa? Thank you, Jackie. Father, Mother, God, the one infinite creator, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect everyone in attendance, including those on BBS radio. And any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light and be transmuted for the highest and greatest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxies, through our galaxy, the Milky Way, through our solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies, and into the center of the Earth. Right now, we invoke a group energy connection with all those present who are open to do so, while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our soul. We invite those sources who are positive, service to others, honoring the law of one, to join with us. We co-create a protected space that only the positive has access to. Anything not of that nature must leave now. And back to you, Jackie. Thank you so much, Cecil. Well, Winfrey is with Terry tonight, and so they're both here on the call with us. And at this point in our call, we always look forward to hearing any updates on information that they would like to share. So, when do you have any information to share with us tonight? Well, Terry is sleeping. That's the first thing. <laughs> so she's at peace. And um, you know, I've been giving reports on Terry every day, and it seemed like uh, her pneumonia was gone today the treatments they did, and the water that they were taking out of her lung space, it's going down to a fairly small amount, and they did it today, and it was two ounces that came out. So she has a ways to go, and 
She's in a beautiful location here in Sedona. And I kind of resisted it at first. Um, and she did too. And she felt like she was being railroaded to come here. But we did it and it seems okay. And they're going to let her take vitamin C. And I'm not going to disturb her. I don't even think she hears me. So, um, back to you. Thank you so much, Wynn. And uh, constantly, Terry is on our minds and in our hearts. And we are sending her our love and healing energy. Now, uh, in the previous hour, you heard a little snippet of a, of a channeled message that Terry was giving. And, um, I'd just like to say, if you'd like to hear more of that, go to the spiritchannel.net where you can access a couple thousand channeled messages. And Terry Brown is the one who brought forth the majority of the channeled conversations between the sources and Winfrey. So get on over there and check it out. Now, in the meantime, we have Bonnie from Corona, California, next on our call. Tonight and every night, Bonnie shares a channeled message that is from these archives on the Spirit Channel or a compatible resource. And we have the benefit of hearing one of these messages read to us each evening. So, Bonnie, what can we look forward to tonight? Hi, thank you. Okay, we are going to continue with this call uh, that we read from last night. And this took place on May 11, 2011. And this is a Wednesday night question and answer call. And so, um, Wynn is asking questions that people have submitted. And the question, and this is Wynn. <clears throat> the next question is a question that a number of people would be impacted by this understanding. This has to do when a committed relationship breaks apart due to one party leaving another, the one left has pain. And that is referred to as heartache or heartbreak. Can this pain be beneficial in any way? And what's the best way to overcome this pain? And so Ra on through Terry then gives us some information. This pain is a very natural reaction and is the result of the breaking apart of the connections. Connections support and buoy one up. And then when the connections are broken, there is a loss of support. A loss of the buoying up of one. Even when it has been a bad relationship, there would be parts of it 
that the person would have felt supported by and helped by the presence of another one there that can bounce things off and interact with and communicate with. There is a period of grieving when there is the breakup of a committed relationship, which is normal. The person who is left can go through the period of grieving and then find ways to interact again, to find activities involving other people, a potluck, a book club, a political meeting, something that the person has interest in. Even though they may not feel like going, if they can rouse themselves and go someplace where they can meet others, the library and study, and they can look around and have extraneous conversations and have other people around and maybe go to Starbucks (laughs) to find something that they are interested in and someone that is also interested in that. They can get on the internet and go into some Yahoo groups and connect up. Facebook is a place that shows that people are interested in connecting with each other. As they make new connections, they could learn from the past and see what qualities within the partner that is left that were not optimum. They can begin to seek a partner that would have more optimum characteristics and would not let them down. That is our answer. And when asked, the next question sort of relates to the first question, and that is, if someone is in a relationship where there is abuse, in this particular case, The relationship is not an intimate relationship, but with my verbally abusive sister. She says, and this is the person who is submitting the question, I am torn between compassion and the need to protect myself. My compassion stems from knowing that she was abused sometime in her life. She totally absorbed the abuse as normal. I have tried being loving and supportive of her stresses. I have avoided her. I have stood up to her and set limits. I have put her into the love light for her own sake and for those subjected to her abuse. Nothing has seemed to work, and every time I see her or talk to her, I am either on tender hooks, waiting for her to fly into a rage, or I come away feeling toxic, beaten up emotionally and feeling crazy. She yells, she criticizes, accuses, belittles, and in her mind, it's all justifiable Because in her words, it makes me feel better. 
when is it time to give up on someone in a relationship? And is that the loving thing to do? And raw on through Terry answers. It is hard to hear about abuse and the individuals in the third dimension have another factor to deal with. And that is the animal instinct of the bodies in the third dimension so that one is expressing verbal abuse on another, it tends to kick up the desire to defend oneself and to protect oneself. It is not a good relationship to simply take abuse. One reason to go into an abusive situation would be to purify it. If one is not able to purify it, then it is best to stay out of that relationship. Being your sister, it is hard in a family relationship to back off from that. And there is the desire within the family group for the protection of the family and the love between the family members and the desire to assist the family members in the group. So it is a difficult situation to back off. She feels so much rage that she feels the necessity to get it out. And if she does not get it out and bottles it up, then that is an explosive situation for her. It is not good for you to have to experience such verbal abuse as it does not further your welfare. You have your own defenses and have tried many ways of handling this. One thing that we can do is look at your sister and place love light in her sphere that she would perhaps sense and reach towards. And she could then find help for herself so she would not have to spread such animosity among true friends. That is our answer. For now. This session is no longer being recorded. The recording has started. And that's the end of that. <laughs> I'm going to turn it back to you, Jackie. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bonnie. And welcome to part two of uh, the Whole Planet Healing Call, Monday, June 20 of 2022. Now, uh, in the next portion of our call, our, this is when we get to work. We are going to join Jennifer from Greensburg, Pennsylvania, and Jennifer researches the most recent earthquake and volcanic activities on our planet. And this is because our sources have asked us to stay informed of these current events, and they've also advised us that the most beneficial offering we can extend is the energy of calmness. So let's immerse ourselves in that emotion and feeling. Become the calmness. And as Jennifer guides us to each area of activity, let's gather our group energy and let's focus that calming energy frequency to all areas of concern. Jennifer? Thank you, Jackie. 
Tonight, as we begin our journey across the globe, I want to invite our sources who are already with us. And every night, I always invite the spirit of Mother Earth. We can point out the areas um, that are seismically active, and they can enhance our intent for calming. And tonight, I look at the Big Island of Hawaii, and we had a pretty good day there. We did have a 3.4 at Pahala, which is just slightly more than normal, a little bit larger than normal. And we did have 23 little activities by Pahala. Now, that sounds like a lot, but that's actually a normal day there. I know, it's weird. But, yeah, that area, there's always lava moving underneath there. And then we had a couple in the sea. These were just in the twos. Um, and this would be like just um, south of Pahala in the ocean. And then we did have one occurrence. It was a 2.7. And this would be north of Kilauea and it would be east of Mauna Loa. And I'm not even sure what's there on my map. It doesn't show a, a fault line or anything. So let's take a quick moment and send down calm, especially to what we cannot see, the fractures, fault lines, undersea volcanoes, and anything else that affects this region, including there's a hot spot right there um, under Kilauea in that region, I do believe. <clears throat> and now we're going to move south south to New Zealand. Now, we did have an occurrence of 4.3 on the South Island, and then we're going to move up that trench. You guys are pretty sick of hearing about it, <laughs> but every night, this is where the trouble starts, right on this Kermadec Trench, and we had a 4.9 and some other assorted fours there, and then moving north <clears throat> to Fiji, we had a 4.9. And then moving westward to Vanuatu, we had a 5.4. And then nothing till we get over to um, Indonesia, where we just had fours. The largest I found was a 4.7. And then north to the Philippines, we had a 4.5. And then north to Taiwan, we still have an ongoing swarm there. Um, today. We did have a 5.9, which is rather large, and um, some a lot of other ones in that area. So that swarm is an ongoing swarm. We send calm to the island of Taiwan. And then moving north to Japan, we had a 4.9. North from there, along the Kuril-Kamchatka Trench, we had a 4.4 in the Kuril Islands, and there was actually like, I think, three different little earthquakes in that area. They were all in the fours. And then we're going to come up to the Aleutians, and we're going to take a look at the Aleutians. And this is like crazy um, how quiet it has been there. There was a 2.2 .2 out on the Aleutians, and that was the largest one there. And then on the mainland, we did have a 3.4. So let's just send them additional calm. We're going to skip down through Canada, nothing reported, but we will send them calm.
calm as well. They may well need it. And then looking at Washington, not much except Mount Rainier is rumbling, but no real activities. And then moving down into Oregon, we did have a 3.3, and this was on land. And it would be, if you know where the um, boundary between Oregon and California, right in that area, um, but it is on the land, and that was a 3.3. And then moving into California, it's interesting because just south of that area, we did have a 3.0, and they're calling this Bayview, but it's actually on the fault line, the Gorda, the Blanco fracture zone, the Cascadia, that whole thing that's been going on. And we've had an occurrence there every day for, gosh, I don't know, a week or so. So let's send calm to that whole Cascadia area, basin area. Moving down into California, though, we just had a pretty calm day. Um, the geysers, let's send additional calm there. San Andreas was pretty calm today. Um, not much happening there. And then down into Southern California, where I have under two. And then on the eastern side of the state, we did have a 3.0, and we had a bit of a swarm there at Long Valley, Caldera. And then south of that is Ridgecrest, where we had low-level rumblings. We sent additional calm there. And one thing I did want to mention to everyone is we have the strangest um, activity going on in the east. Today we had a 2.1 in Georgia. And then I want to mention um, on the uh, New Madrid Fault, and this occurred with very low level, 1.8, but this is right on the New Madrid Fault in Missouri. So let's send that whole area. I think what is happening is there's so much pressure coming in from the west, it's actually um, slightly moving the continent. And I think that's what's happening because what's happening in the east seems to run up along the Appalachians, and that would be the the, the uh, edge of the craton. And I think that's why it's occurring where it is. Now we're going to move down into Mexico, where we did have 4.0 and nothing larger, and then nothing else in Central America. Now moving down into Peru, very slow day today in South America. 4.0 in Peru and a 4.4 in Argentina. And then rounding the southern tip of South America, we did have a 5.2 and a 4.8 at the South Sandwich Islands. And now we're going to move up the Mid-Atlantic Ridge to the Ascension Islands, and we had a 4.9 there. And that is like directly on the Mid-Atlantic Ridge. And then we're going to scoot across Europe because there wasn't a whole lot going on there. Very low level. Till we get, oh, I did want to mention, I just saw this one, a 4.1 at the Madeira Islands. And this is uh, part of Portugal, but where it's located is on that fault line that runs from Mid-Atlantic Ridge all the way through, continuing through the Mediterranean area. And then uh, the only other thing we have in Europe was a 4.1 in Greece. And then moving into the Middle East, we had 
4.6 in Turkmenistan and a 4.2 in Afghanistan. And that was all there was. I want to thank you all for participating, and I'll send you all back to Jackie. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Well, um, when we will be going on a win-free visualization in just a few moments, and he'll be addressing many of the other issues that concern us. But first, these phone lines are being unmuted, and you have this opportunity to put your concerns into the light, always keeping in mind that the highest and greatest good for all be considered. If you're listening to us on BBS radio or to a replay, this is also the right time to put forth your personal concerns. And I'd like to thank everyone for your contributions and your service tonight. Unmuted. I would like to put into all life healing assistance for the beautiful Mother Earth, our human family, all and fauna, all the sentient beings. I would like to ask the Heidner, uh, 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 for the maintenance of the world peace. I would like to ask the assistance with, uh, for the Mother Earth to have uh, control over weather systems. And I would like to ask the healing assistance and protection for our uh, children, animals, and, and indeed all the uh, sentient beings, trees, bees, and, and uh, everything else for the highest and greatest good. Thank you so much. Tom in San Jose, support and protection for Sidney Powell, Mike Lindell for the movie oh, 2000 Mules, and the movie uh, Rigged. 2020. Thank you. This is Jeannie in Citrus Heights. I'd like to put the entire human race into the light and ask for the rapid and complete awakening of the entire human family with the aid and assistance of the team. I'd like to ask that more and more humans begin to see the need for rapid awakening and begin to ask for it and pray for it because the Elohim can only assist when asked and the more people who ask, the more they can assist us. Thank you. Anyone else before Jennifer goes over the healing list? This is Jody in Issaquah. I'd like to put the thousands of people in India suffering from flooding and displacement. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jody. So, to you, Jennifer. Thank you, hi. Tonight, I would like to put everybody on this call onto our healing list. Regardless of what your need is, the Elohim is there to assist us, but we do have to ask. They won't intervene without being invited. Um, the, I do have a list of people who need a little bit of extra prayer, and that would be Cecil and Betty, Betty who is still halfway here and halfway over there, and we send her love light to find her way home. And we want to also comfort Cecil because he's losing his partner. We love you, Cecil. And I want to put Lauren in Washington in the light and Joti in Washington. Tom in San Jose, Jackie and Julian, our dear, sweet 
Mistress of Ceremonies, we love you, Jackie, Antonio Jr., Sr., and Abby in California, Maxalina in Ohio, Morning Sky in um, Oregon, and Kathleen, our friend in Vermont, who's healing from her injury, and Bonnie, our dear, dear Bonnie in Corona. She needs some physical help with her knees. And my partner, Tom, who needs prayer. And Monica Edwards, our friend, we haven't talked to her in a while, but she wants to be included on our healing list, and she is fighting the battle as well. Um, we love you, Monica, and we send you healing. And last but certainly not least, when in Terry, I don't even know how to express how much we are all concerned and the love we share for Terry. We send you healing. We know you're sleeping, but it doesn't matter. We send it to you anyway. And of course, to you, Win, to be able to take care of her and get everything done that needs to be done. Thank you, everybody. Muted. When are you present? You are unmuted from the... And on this part of the call, we are doing a group energy exercise that we can create a group energy. We do create a group energy. You don't have to say you're doing it. It just happens by the group intent. But I'm saying it because it makes it stronger. And as part of our group energy, we have aspects of the Elohim group and the Ra group. And whoever else is on the other side that picks up our soul stream and wants to contribute. And we, we do, we're working now to do remote healings on our planet. We start off by surrounding Earth with our group energy and being repeater stations, sending the love light of the higher realms down to the surface of the Earth to be received wherever it's able to be received. And we focus this first on the humans who are service to others and the children who are sensitive to these energies but don't normally have much wisdom and we put out the intent that they gain wisdom as they get older and have more experience and become effective leaders for the world of the future. We go to the animals and the pets, and the pets who help keep their owners' chakras open and their hearts open, and we bless this connection. We go to the 
plant life, the trees, the bushes, and the grass. And we send this energy to, to the plant life, who receives the energy from the higher realms through their leaves and their surfaces facing the sun, moving it through their bodies, through their roots, and into the earth. We go to the rocks, the minerals, and the crystals, who have the ability to hold energies very strongly in their rock matrices. And um, we just send more energy to help them hold this energy for our planet. We go to the insects, particularly the insects that are part of the balance of nature, like the bees, and we ask for the strengthening and the persistence of these species as the world goes through its changes. We go to the fish and the sea life and the dolphins and the whales. We now go through the surface of the earth into the interior of the earth. And as we've learned, the earth is alive. The earth happens to be a very advanced soul and has an energy field that pervades the entire interior of our planet and extends out through the surface so all the life on the surface is also included. And the earth is hosting all of these, all of this life. And a lot of times she goes through tremendous suffering because she has to process all these activities, particularly of humans who don't act like they even know the earth exists many times. So we send healing to the earth. And we send gratitude to the earth for giving us this opportunity to have these physical embodiments on her planet. We go to the energy waves that travel through the earth that terminate in potential earthquakes and volcanoes, and we send calm energy. We go back to the surface of the earth, and we're going to go to the earthquake zones, and we're going to work on the potential earthquakes and volcanoes of the future, And Jennifer worked on the events that happened in the last 24 hours. We go to the Ring of Fire, the land masses surrounding the Pacific Ocean. And we send a column of light down to the whole area and all the vulnerable islands in the Pacific. 
and we send calm energy. We go to the new Madrid fault line, centered in St. Louis and the surrounding states. And again, we send a column of light hundreds of miles in diameter, penetrating through the ground and bringing calm energy. We go to the Mid-Atlantic fault line, which extends from the North Pole through Iceland and down the middle of the Atlantic Ocean as far south as the tip of South America. That's thousands of miles long. And put a column of light, a longitudinal column of light, along this entire length, penetrating through the water and into the ground underneath the water. And we bring calm energy. We asked our sources to help us locate any of the other potential events anywhere on our planet and send this calm energy to each one. And we ask that any earthquakes and volcanoes that need to occur can happen gradually and away from population centers. We go to some of the other out-of-balance situations on our planet, starting off with the COVID virus, its mutations, and any other contagious pathogens that are present or developing. And we ask that they be rendered. We go to the immune systems of humans and we ask that they be strengthened. And we go to the pathogens in vaccines and ask that they be transmuted and rendered harmless. We go to the agendas of what we call the negative elite that do not honor the free will of humanity, do not honor the spiritual evolution of humanity, and are designed to create death and problems. And we just ask for obstacles to the fulfillment of their agendas. We ask for the increased awareness of humans and discernment of humans in evaluating the events of our planet and seeing through so much of the jaded news and media that can be very misleading. 
and they can find the sources of truth and use their own discernment to determine its accuracy. We go to the masses of humanity on our planet and ask that more people become spiritually aware, aware of the sources in higher realms that can help us. But because they honor free will, they need to be asked. And so somebody has to discover them to ask. And whether you call it God, Elohim, the one infinite creator, it doesn't matter. It's the reaching upwards that creates connection. We go to the people that suffer for the the consciousness into all of their spaces to give them the opportunity to reach for something that can pull them out of their We go to drafts and we ask for rain, particularly in populated areas and areas where animals are dependent on water and areas where crops and food is being grown. We go to the governments of our planet and we ask for qualities of leadership that make people feel safe and protected, like benevolence, compassion, Courage, wisdom, integrity, and ethics. Go to those countries that are adversarial and ask that they can settle their differences without violence. And we go to the Ukraine and Russia and the war that's being engaged in Ukraine and ask for a peaceful settlement. And that no more people should die. We go to interventions. We ask that our realm is protected from nuclear weapons going off. We ask for transmutation of toxic materials everywhere on our planet of chemtrails, of radioactivity, of radio frequency waves, microwaves, and 5G. Anything in food, air, 
water or medicine, which is toxic to be transmuted. And finally, we bring this energy back to ourselves. We see this energy of love light coming through the outer energy fields of our planet and landing on our rooftop, where if we're comfortable, we can invite this energy into our home and ask it to uplift the vibration of our home and transmute any negativity. Turning our home into a sacred space. And we ask it to come to the outside of our home and create a barrier to any negativity that's in the world. And we bring this energy now through our body, opening our chakras, breaking down barriers, helping us release past life patterns, karma that is impeding us in our present day missions. We ask it to heal our bodies and transmute our DNA. And on that note, we're going to bring an end to the verbal part of our call, reminding everybody that you are each an aspect of the one infinite creator, temporarily experiencing this physical body on planet Earth. We're going to leave the lines open so that you can hold this space for as long as you like. We do this call every day at 7 o'clock. And the phone number is listed on our website, thespiritchannel.net, as well as archives to at least a couple thousand of our messages, which Terry has channeled from our sources. On that note, thank you all for being here. Thank you all who are volunteering to um create this call, and we'll see you next time. This session is no longer being recorded.